1: Hello and welcome to the latest Record Celtic podcast. I'm Liam Bryce, and today I'm joined by Andy Barnes to discuss all the latest goings on at Parkhead. On the pod today, we review Celtic's comfortable Champions League victory over Alashkert as they got their European qualifying campaign up to the right start. And we're right in the thick of the transfer window now, so we also have another look at potential incomings and departures at Celtic, including the ongoing situation with John McGinn. And with the World Cup coming to a close, we discussed the involvement of Dedrick Bojata and Mikhail Lustig in the latter stages. Uh, so first of all, Andy, a comfortable victory for Celtic over in Armenia the other night. Potentially a tricky tie with the, the conditions, the the location. How do you think they handled it?
0: Yeah, it was uh, a tricky tie on the face of things, but I think they did deal with it very well. Um, I said on the pod a few weeks ago that Celtic should be able to field any starting 11 from their first team squad and be able to get through it and um, ended up going just about full strength and i think they've got the job done um, at half time uh, and it's, it's obviously you know like
1: with these games these games come along and it's obviously the first competitive action of the season and everybody says well if you if you ignore what's been going on in Russia the past few weeks that the real footballs back but these games sometimes it's easy to get caught up in the excitement but a lot of the time in these far-flung locations against these sides it can be a bit of a slog and it did have a wee bit of the feel of sort of a pre-season friendly about it because you can see guys still trying to get up to speed um, maybe not quite at it but would you say I mean surely that's that's job done now isn't
0: it? Yeah and it's natural for that excitement to, to come back, I mean plenty of people are club over country um, and it's it's a great time when the, the club football comes back uh, on the scene after a summer break um, Job done for me Yep, yeah. um, 3-0 is as a as a match winning score, um, clean sheet as well, and um, three away goals. I think to be honest, the second leg would be the perfect opportunity to give some players that maybe need to prove a point or Rodgers wants to have another look at and um, bring them into the fray. Maybe people like Morgan, Christie, Allen, Benue, if he's still hanging around, and um, give them a wee shot to see what they can they can do in a competitive stage.
1: Yeah, because the likes of Morgan and Kowasi came on uh, the latter stages. Morgan, in particular, he looks he looks so so keen every time he gets on the ball. To make something happen. Um, what have, you, have you seen any of him in the the pre season friendlies or anything at all? Yeah,
0: I saw his goal against Shamrock. Um, and what what I noticed about Lewis Morgan was actually in the friendlies at the end of the season for Scotland when he came on. That's where I f- saw the first glimpse of right. Okay, this is what this boy's capable of. And he seems to have carried that on. I've seen nothing but good reviews of Lewis Morgan so far. Um, to be honest, I wasn't expecting him to come in and fight for a place in the first team. I was expecting him to maybe do a bit of a Ryan Christie. Come for six months and then find himself on loan at another Premiership club. But if he keeps impressing this way, then you know it's, he's only going to do himself good. It reminds me slightly of in you know, the way that Johnny Hayes was at Aberdeen and then ended up getting his move to, to Celtic. Gets the ball, beats his man, creates chances for others, and looks to score goals himself. Um, he's he's pacey, he's strong. He, I don't think he's the tallest, Lewis Morgan, but no. he's, he's he's well, he's clearly well built, and he's got uh, good muscles in his legs to carry him forward. So like it's, it looks like it's been a a good signing so far and hopefully it pays off for him All
1: right. and just looking back to the back to the game it was a i think there was a there was a huge hint really from Brendan Rodgers in, in the game against Shamrock Rovers of as to who he was going to go for and what what shape he was going to play so it's he started off the season with this 352 uh formation and it's obviously you get the, the three center backs where Jack Hendry, Christopher Ayer, and Joseph Samunovic. And then it's, that also brings into play the Edward and Dembele partnership. Now, I thought they were... I mean, they, they didn't set the header really like as a partnership, I thought, in that the Alish Kirk game, although they did... The two of them, I thought, played well individually. But I think there were, there were definite signs that they were trying to... That when one of them got the ball, he was looking for the other. And so... What do you, do you think there's, there's, there could be potential in that partnership going you can, forward?
0: You can clearly see they link up well together. The prime example for me of that was Edwards goal at Ibrox last season, where Dembele instinctively knew we have to put the ball for Edward to run onto it and obviously the great finish that resulted from it. I'm still not convinced that Dembele will be a Celtic player at the end of the window. That's why I'm not too sure about this partnership long term. Mm-hmm. Rodgers might like this shape formation and think it works really well for the team. If Dembele does go, can Griffith send slot in alongside Edward as a two? Maybe that's part of his thinking, and um, wants to get um, as much use out of Dembele as he can before he leaves. If that's yep. what's what's on the horizon, um, I do think that they're two brilliant strikers. Um, at a domestic level, they they sh- it's a walk up here for them. Really, um, showed that last season. Edward coming on his game as he spent more time with the club. Dembele's shown what he can do from day one when he fancies it. And so I think if they're in the mood together, they're more than a match for anyone. And if Rodgers is looking at paying them together in Europe, then it's a, it's a positive move for me. Because I think at times going forward, Celtic can be found uh, wanting, you in, wanting in Europe. There's there's not enough options for them I and mean, you're relying on somebody creating something out of nothing. So when you've got two strikers up there that know how to put the ball away, it's only beneficial.
1: And the 3 5 itself, I think it's interesting to to start the season off with this, this change of shape. I think I certainly found towards in some games towards the end of last season when Celtic were sticking with the what be, they become known for under Rodgers the sort of four two three one shape mm-hmm. um, that it, it, at times it, it just it didn't seem as fluid it didn't seem to be working the same way as it had done now I don't know if you know the, the changes in personnel enforced with you know people away like you know, they don't have Rogic to come into that number ten role but do you think this is a this is Rogers Roger's just trying to freshen it up a wee bit. Has he maybe looked at that, some of those games towards the end of last season and thought it's, it hadn't been working the way it had been? Is it maybe time to freshen it up? you think there could maybe be an element of that. Just
0: trying to test something new, see yeah. what his options are. Um, there's been movement at the club and um, transfers on the way out, so I think he's, he's well within, his, his, his right and well within his right mind of thinking to, to go and do that, see what his options are, try and freshen things up, keep players on their toes, say, look, this is what um. am going to be doing. and um, If you weren't at it at the end of last season, you need to step up to be able to fit into this new system. If he does fancy keep going with that, then um, I'm interested to see how it plays out.
1: Uh, and it obviously it brings in that three at the back, but we saw a bit of last season, obviously no Derek Laiata, he's still at the World Cup, we'll come to, come to that a wee bit later. Um, so we had Semyonovic, Ayer and Hendry. <laughs> we weren't overly troubled by Alish Kurt themselves in any, anything that they were particularly doing, but there was a couple of weak, sort of hairy, hairy moments in there. Simeonovic in the first half getting dragged out to the mm. touchline, um, diving in on his man, and then Hendry having a, a bit of a moment in the second half where he just completely took his eye off the ball. If Celtic are going to maybe stick with that, three at the back, obviously you've got Biata to come back in, but do you think they've got the, the personnel at the moment to do that long term?
0: Regardless of the shape, Celtic need a... A new centre back, if it's going to be as a as part of three centre halves or two in a flat four, because although I think Celtic have decent ball playing defenders, I, I think they need more composure. Um, Boyata and Sumanovic have I've got a mistake in them every game or two. Hendry's still learning in Ayer, although I think he's he's very good at reading the game. I think he brings the ball out. Too often at the wrong times, um, and I think Celtic just need a calm head back there. Just knows how to calm everything down, how to lead them through a game. Um, and if it's a part of, if it's going to be as part of a three, then it will be helpful to have two either side of that. If it's going to be as part of a flat four, then I think it's going to be somebody who needs to go and you know kind of grab a defence with the scruff of the neck and lead them through it.
1: Marvin Compa.
0: Who knows? <laughs> who <knows> a bit Marvin <laughs> Compa. Um, it's. He was brought in with, uh, with a bit of a pedigree, wasn't he? Having played uh, at a really good level. And, f- God, he's been in hiding.
1: Aye. Uh, couple a couple of appearances on the Celtic Twitter account, but I think that's uh, <laughs> wishing people well at the World Cup. Yeah, I think uh, Celtic were
0: trolling a wee bit, wishing uh, them a happy birthday the other week.
1: <laughs> <laughs> just reminding people what yeah. he looked like. But, I mean, in all, in all seriousness, I mean, it looked as if that was the... Was that maybe the thinking behind that side, and that he's got a couple of young centre-backs and, and Hendry and Ayer and just... I maybe, maybe uncertainty over whether Samunovic or Bayata were going to cut it long term. Was it maybe the thinking to get somebody like that? Oh. And it, it's
0: just—it must have been because it it didn't go along with Celtic's recent transfer signing policy, did it? I mean, he's in his thirties. Yep. Um, paid money for him um, for a, for a man of his age, rather than bringing somebody in like Ayer or Hendry that they're looking to develop and then sell on. So they must have been looking at him to come in. and and embed his place in the team and and lead the defence from there what's went wrong who knows Uh
1: I mean it's obviously there was the injuries but it just it doesn't seem to be is there an underlying
0: I I, I never heard about it being an injury that was going to keep him out for Uh five or six Uh months there was no there was no
1: there was no like oh we've lost him long term it was he's on his way he's on his way and it's
0: just he had a niggling problem um, because he played against Morton in the in the Scottish Cup, and he did fine, um, but he, again, wasn't really tested in that game. Mm-hmm. Uh, and then after after that, he's just put the invisibility cloak back on, hasn't he? Just disappeared.
1: Well, who knows? Maybe we'll see a bit more of him before the, the season gets underway. So, Celtic, barring a complete disaster at Parkhead, should be on their way into the next round where they'll face either Valour or Rosenberg. Now, Valour, the Icelandic outfit, uh, Maybe a bit of a surprise result, getting a 1-0 against Rosenberg, given their pedigree in Europe. They've always been in and about these competitions. Yeah. Uh, so uh, w- Obviously, Celtic know all about Rosenberg from previous years. Who would would do you think they would rather face in the next round? This unknown quantity, or a, a side that they know a bit more about?
0: I think Valor would be their preferred choice. Rosenberg, like you said, have got the pedigree. Um, when they went last year, there's a bit of an atmosphere around the stadium. I, can, I could see why it would be maybe intimidating or maybe a bit hostile for an away team to come and visit and Celtic did really well to get that one great goal from Forrest um, I think Celtic would much rather go to Iceland to play Valor um, I don't think it would pose the same test although they've won the first leg I would I would doubt they have players of the same quality um, mm-hmm. as Rosenberg they've, Rosenberg playing what I'm willing to bet is a tougher league and yep. um, they've been there done that before um, Valor pretty much an unknown quantity to Celtic but I, I think so it would be more than a match for them, um, whereas they would face a tougher game in Rosenberg. Yeah. I suppose as
1: well by the time that fixture comes about, if not to you know, not to sound in you know, any way disrespectful to, to Valor at all, but you mentioned the atmosphere in Rosenberg, the fact that they've got a bit of pedigree. It would almost be a similar sort of feel of tie if they played Valor as it is with Alishkirt. And that in itself would would that give give an opportunity to, you know, Bed in the likes of Rogic and Lustig and Boyata, who are all coming back, who will need a bit of you'll need to get a bit up to speed again. Is Is there a bit of scope to do that against Valor where you might not get with a team like Rosenberg?
0: Yeah, look, I think Celtic, before all the draws are made, would want the easiest route possible and to the group stages. If that allows them to bring in players that have been away at the World Cup and try more youngsters, find what they're capable of, then great. Um, I think Celtic would have no option but to go full strength against Rosenborg. Um, whereas if they can get the job done in the first leg against Valor, I get a similar result that they had to against Alishkirt. Then it allows them in the second leg to to do that to to bring players back into the fold and they give them a chance to get up to to get up to speed after a wee break.
1: Anyway, off the park. Uh, obviously, it's still that time of year. Transfers dominating uh sort of news agenda at the moment again I've not still we seem to be saying this every week but there's not a still not an awful lot to discuss in no. terms of in terms of transfers with Celtic obviously it's hard to know what's going on behind the scenes uh, but we, again we keep asking it every week when there's there's nothing no huge movement either way uh is it time for fans to maybe be a wee bit concerned i mean you there seems to be general consensus is the earlier you get your business done, the better. The better yeah. But um, again, I suppose we've got to balance that with the fact that Celtic, they just need kind of embellishments here yeah. and there with the squad. Is it just a case of waiting for the right people?
0: Yeah, I think Celtic just do need to dot the I's and cross the, cross the T's. Um, a defender is an absolute must. And I think that's going to be on the mind of a lot of Celtic fans. Um, although Lustig is impressed at the... World Cup, which we'll touch on, I still think a new right-back's needed, especially if Celtic are aiming to go a wee bit further in Europe. Mm. Um, the midfield is pretty solid, um, and we're set up front with Griffith Stembelli and Edward, who is obviously the, the marquee signing of the summer. If John McGinn does come in, I'm not sure how he's going to improve the start in 11. I don't think he will, and I think he'll find himself on the sidelines for a wee while. Um, I don't think Celtic need him um, and I don't think he needs Celtic right now. I think he needs to be playing football. Uh-huh. Um, and I don't think I don't think he'll he'll get it at Parkhead, to be honest.
1: Well, we had on the back page exclusively on the back page of Record Sport this morning that Celtic are prepared to to wait to sign John McGinn uh, to a two million pound bid knocked back by Hibbs Now, does that surprise you that they're willing to wait? Do they realise that you know maybe we would like to sign John McGinn, but they realise that it's not a it's not a priority in the way that it would be to
0: sign a centre-back. Yeah. Celtic don't have a code red situation in centre-mid. Far from it. Um, John McGinn is pretty well-known. He grew up a Celtic fan and he clearly would love to play for the club. The Hibs are are smart in the boardroom. Um, they, they know that if Celtic do really want him, they will up the bid. Um, but Hibs also need to realise that he can walk in January or sign and sign a pre-contract. Sign a pre-contract yeah. um, if he stays with Hibs at the moment... It keeps their fans happy in the immediate. It mm-hmm. depends if they would prefer to get a transfer fee for him or one last season out of him. Yeah. It'd be an interesting partnership. Uh-huh. With Stevie Mallon, actually. I would. Um, but if Celtic really want John again, they'll they'll pay the money. And I think if they really needed him, they would go out their way to get him. But he's not. He's not needed.
1: Yeah, I mean, because you said you jotted down the. The full Celtic, the yeah. depth that they have in midfield, and you can't, we can't work out no. who he would, who he would replace I mean, immediately. At least you know he could come in and make a huge impact. He could really take his game to the next level.
0: But well, well, on, we,
1: on the surface of it, you know,
0: I mean, you, you, it's impossible to look into the future with injuries, that kind of thing. Somebody might come in from nowhere with a massive bid for Encham on deadline day, you know that kind of thing. But it's Celtic have a settled two with Browning and Cham, and then if, depending on if it's five midfield or the, the two with with wingers and then an attacking mid-sitting in front. Celtic are, are set um, Forrest is the, the golden boy out right isn't he? McGregor and Tom Rodgick in the number 10 role and then Sinclair out left. Um, McGinn in the central areas isn't better than any of the four that Celtic have plus they've got Kouassi um, near Baton when he's fit again mm-hmm. uh, all to come back into the fold so I'm not too sure what Options John McGinn would have at Celtic,
1: oh, and even as well, just just moving on slightly, but still kind of focusing on the the midfield. You mentioned the likes of Beton and Kouassi. Now, even even before John McGinn arrives, these are guys who have maybe found themselves a bit further back in the pecking order. There's been no no real movement on people moving away from Parkhead this summer. But see the like the likes of Kouassi, Is that somebody you could see? Maybe been put out for a loan because he's not, he's not, he's obviously regarded very highly. Spirin Rogers okay. has spoken highly of him, but he's he's not played an awful lot. Is this a guy who needs, who now needs to start playing football?
0: I take what managers say in the public eye with a pinch of salt. <laughs> um, I would very much doubt Rogers would ever come out and say he doesn't rate Kwasi. Um, so I think he'd maybe just protect this player with that one when he gets hit with some awkward questions. Kwasi, again, similar boat. Megan needs to play football um, obviously I've got more invested interest in McGinn as a Scottish youngster but mm-hmm. for Kwasi's sake it's, it's not use to him sitting, in, sitting around on a bench and waiting for Encham or Brown to be injured or move on um, he's a, he's clearly a good player, good passer of the ball, tenacious um, gets around the park well but if he's not forcing his way into the team he must consider other options if any come, come towards him Rodgers is a fan as he has said um, but I, I don't know I don't know how much longer a player of that age can sit around um, waiting for an opportunity. Um, That's such an important part of the young boy's career. He's in the early twenties, isn't he? Yeah, he is. So, yes, it's a fantastic opportunity to play for Celtic and earning great money, I'm sure. But a football career has to have some longevity about it. Um, if he wants to keep playing at a good level, um, he has to he has to prove that he's capable of it, um, and he's not getting the opportunity to do that at the moment.
1: Well, and as we as we touched on the. It's more at the back that uh, we feel is a priority, but it's not just not just centre back. Do you think we've mentioned that maybe a right back is needed as well as as well as we said that Lustig did at the World Cup as part of that Sweden side? Yeah. Is that still because obviously Gamboa doesn't seem to in Rogers' mind is not the answer? Is that another area that you know Celtic should be looking at?
0: Yeah, um, although it depends if he sticks with this three at the back, That's um, true. because if he's playing with wing backs, I think that'll be Forrest playing out there, isn't it? Mm-hmm. So, if Rodgers goes back to a four or wants to continue with a four at the back this season, I think uh, especially for European competition, a, a much a much better right back is needed because clubs have spoken in the past that they have targeted that area when playing against Celtic. Um, so that and the new centre back is should be priority number one. Uh, I reckon. Also, I think just in case, just in case um, a club does make a a whopping bid for Tierney, uh, should be having a left back in their mind to replace him because they're going to have to do well to, in that, in that respect to to bring somebody in the same calibre.
1: Yeah, it's quieting down a wee bit over the past week. There was some reports in the English media that, in much the same way, not well, not quite, but similar to the John McGinn situation, that obviously there's been reported interest from Manchester United. There was reports down south that they are now prepared to wait another year to really firm up their interest Mm. in Tierney. Is that maybe if there's any substance to that is that a kind of concession from clubs down south that this is a player who's in no hurry to to leave,
0: to go anywhere? Yeah, well I think I just mentioned a wee minute ago what players say in public and private can differ but I do believe that Tierney is a a satisfied Celtic player despite the, the agent change and stuff. I don't think he's in a rush. I think he just might want to start exploring and weighing up what options might be coming his way over the next couple of years. Yeah. If he does move on, it needs to be to a team where he's guaranteed to start because he's far too good to be sitting on a on a subs bench. Um, I think moving to a team out with the top six in England would do him, would do him good in precisely that sense, kind of what Andy Robertson did. Um, play his trade, improve himself in England before one of the big teams really comes calling because although I do think Tierney's worth a lot of money, I, I, I just in the near future can't see a team from the English Premier League bidding that amount of money for a defender that plays in Scotland
1: uh-huh. Do you think Everton would the, would hypothetically be that, that ideal club at that level or is it? Um,
0: yeah well with Leighton Baines apparently on his way out, Silva's apparently looking to, to replace him and that opens up that area right for him doesn't it but I think a team at an Everton level, um, somebody like Everton, Newcastle, Leicester, Burnley, that kind of area of the league table, um, where he can go down prove that he can mix it against the big boys week in, week out. And I, I don't think a team would have any qualms about being 25, 30 million for him. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Okay. When you look at Andy Robertson, I mean, people are now talking about him worth 40 million or so yeah. after a good season in the Champions League and domestically. So I think if Tierney can go down and do exactly what he's done then. Yeah, he'll be doing himself uh, really well.
1: Yeah, I mean, I suppose the, this maybe takes away from Celtic a wee bit, but has the, the, Robertson, the, the level of success he's had has perhaps maybe changed slightly changed the perception about players from up here, about what they could potentially offer down south? Obviously, to, before there was a bit, there's obviously a lot of kind of, sometimes, you, I don't know, cynicism, scepticism about the, the quality of players coming down from up here, but has Robertson maybe done a bit to change that perception, which is why... You know, clubs are you know look, looking at figures of twenty five million and that for for the likes of Tierney.
0: Yeah, I, I mean Robertson was was brilliant up here, but big teams in England at that stage aren't looking to bring players from Dundee United to their to their squad to, to compete for a starting place. I mean, when I say big teams, I mean ones that are yeah. challenging to play in <laughs> Europe. Um, so if it's going to be uh, a team like that that's after Tierney, I think he needs to. Wrap it up in Europe really before, before a team comes calling at that level um, we've seen before that teams that, that kind of Southampton almost exclusively Southampton teams at that level yeah. um, aren't afraid to buy from up here um, but it's a totally different ball game when it comes to the big boys
1: mm-hmm. And just moving on again World Cup unfortunately coming to an end yeah, uh, It's been great. It is, it's been excellent, it really has been good, uh, kind of defied a lot of Early expectations, I think, um, and obviously quite a successful tournament for the Celtic players involved. Well, mm-hmm. Diedrich Beata especially, but also had Mikael Lustig. Quarterfinals yeah. were a very unfancied Sweden yeah. side, but I think I'm pretty sure we, I think it was yourself before the World Cup said that there was a, the likes of Sweden, a team like that, you kind of fancy them to go to go a wee distance. Do you know what I mean? Because they're they're a, they're a team that have got a identity. They play a certain way. Yeah.
0: And that that's exactly what it comes down to—the identity and the team spirit and unity that they've got. I had a look at the—it was—it was one of those moments I had where when they beat Switzerland to reach the quarters, I thought, how how can we not do that? Look, <laughs> look at look at the team they've got, and I had a look at the 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 clubs their players play for, and I just thought yeah, they they just shouldn't be there. But it comes down to players like Lustig who have got that mm-hmm. team spirit behind them and that mentality and togetherness. To, to stick together. They came through such a tough group and Lustig did really well in the group stages. Um, he'll, he'll have been disappointed to miss the England game. I don't think he would have made too much of a difference in no. the end. But it would have been a great experience to to speak of playing in a, in a World Cup quarterfinal. Um, Boyata, I think he can be really pleased with himself because I'm sure that he knew he was back up and what his position in the squad was as he went into the tournament. Mm-hmm. Belgium clearly wanted to keep company in cotton will just for the knockout stages. Um, and they didn't cross that semi-final hurdle, but Boyata, part of a team um, that kept two clean sheets, uh, part of a starting eleven that kept two clean sheets, um, and he's played a, an important part in getting them to, to where they got to. So I think he can be really chuffed with himself. He
1: looked, looked comfortable for mm-hmm. the most part. I thought. Yeah. And that, I mean, obviously it's, it's a quality quality side. A couple of moments as you <laughs> often get from him but I thought he'd in, in the main he looked he mm-hmm. looked very comfortable compared to. The player that we were talking about at Ibrooks in March, to really hold, really holding his own, look, really looking like a decent, really decent yeah. level centre back in that side. It's been, a, it's been a, and you've got to applaud the, the sort of turnaround in his form.
0: Yeah, I, I've said before. I think that Boyata, when he focuses on defending, is is good. <laughs> uh-huh. I think it's when he thinks thinks about what he's trying to do too much and, and overthinks. That's when his problems, that's when his problems arrive. Um, the problem is that, like uh, the game in I- at Ibrooks in March, he's got that in him. And I-, I don't know if Celtic going forward can afford to have a defender or their main centre back who has that in them. Mm-hmm. They-, they need somebody who's composed and assured of themselves. And although Beata shows it in flashes, it's not constant. So that's why I think Celtic need to, to look for a new centre back.
1: Right. In terms of, I know we've identified right back as well as an area that. Uh, needs strengthen but i think you, Lustig coming off the back of that world Cup he took a lot of stick last season at times i think people were um he'd obviously been a great servant to the club but some of his I think his performances particularly in europe weren't great but could this be a a real boost for him having gone and played so well at the world Cup well, or do you think
0: it could be a boost but also maybe just rogers rogers Celtic lineup isn't isn't what suits him because uh-huh. it's a completely different it task yeah. than he has in this national team um, I think if if he was to play in a Celtic side that was very defensive minded uh, and more of a unit uh, defensively then he, he, would, he would prosper and, and possibly do better but it's going forward realistic. I believe it. Well, I don't think he's got a decent final delivery I don't think he's pacey enough to get up and down mm-hmm. and I think that he, if he's chasing a winner back the way um, mm. he's not really Got the anticipation or the pace to, to keep up. Yeah. Um. So it's it's maybe better for him where he's he's sticking uh, in a flat in a flat four that is literally a unit and right. Okay. Today we are going to be hard to break down. Yeah. And throw our bodies on the line in front of everything, and you might think that is what Celtics should be doing in Europe, but it's not. They stick to the way that they play, um, and it's it's bitten them in the backside a few times. So Lushtiga, I think there's a, a decent footballer in there. Maybe just wrong place, wrong time with Rodgers.
1: And. Mm-hmm. Um, I'd say, is it worth, even if it, he was brought? And he's surely a player that's worth keeping at the club, regardless. You know his experience.
0: Yeah, experience, and he's clearly well liked. And mm-hmm. um, you see him popping up on teammates' Instagrams all the time. Yeah. Um his character around the dressing room, um, important, which is very, very important, um, especially in Scottish football. When you know t- technical side th- things isn't focused on as much, you need characters, and that that's going to motivate your team. Um, and I, th- I think that he's been a a valuable asset to sell at times. Um I think now is maybe the time amicably to accept that it's coming to an end probably. Yeah. I suppose with if, if again we don't know, but if this shift towards the
1: three five two is um gonna be implemented more often, I suppose that diminishes his role yeah. even further, but doesn't he's, it?
0: He's certainly not a right wing back. Um mm-hmm. and I would I would rather see you know, he's filled in at centre half before, but I would rather see Hendry or Ayer play alongside the two first choice yeah, makes more to, sense yeah.
1: going forward doesn't yeah. it definitely anyway that's all from us today thanks to Andy for joining me if you want to continue the debate you can find us on Twitter at Record Sport and on Facebook as well we'll be back next week to talk all things Celtic so don't forget to subscribe on Acast and iTunes to get the pod as soon as it's available and you can also rate us on there as well thanks for listening